there. Welcome back. I'm Karen Hall, your host of the Hero Within podcast. I'm passionate about sharing inspiring true stories of unsung heroes who've overcome some of life's most challenging adversities. Come along with me and learn how you too can find hope and healing to return to love. Why is forgiving another person so hard? For most of us, it's because it hurts. There is some pain involved. Otherwise, it wouldn't be something we needed to forgive because it wouldn't have bothered us. It would have passed into our awareness and then out again, hardly making a ripple in our consciousness. But when something happens that causes us pain, either from a situation, from another person, or from ourselves, we are impacted in a deeper way. We pause and take notice of that thing. We all experience emotional pain as part of being human. We may be criticized, shamed, or betrayed by a loved one, and dealing with pain is just hard. We can't change the ways that others behave, but we can control how we act. After feeling emotional pain, some react by seeking revenge and attacking others or engaging in self-destructive behaviors that are a form of attack on themselves. Some become immobilized by the pain and turn inward in despair. Others want to avoid the pain and escape by numbing behaviors such as addictions to work, substances, sex, food, TV, or shopping. Others choose to forgive. The choice is yours. How do we forgive? What does that even mean? For some, forgiveness embodies condoning the loveless behavior in another, and many who have a strong sense of justice and a high degree of integrity struggle with forgiving because they feel that they are allowing the guilty party to escape without being held accountable. Others think that forgiveness is not possible for a mortal who has experienced the kind of emotional pain that they have gone through. Archbishop and Nobel Peace Prize laureate Desmond Tutu helped end apartheid in South Africa. He himself was a victim of apartheid, and he later created the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in South Africa, which invited perpetrators of terrible apartheid crimes to tell the truth about what happened and ask for forgiveness. Victims were also given an opportunity to share their enormous pain that they had experienced. As a result, the TRC was credited with being instrumental in moving South Africa forward to the democracy it is today without more violence. In the Book of Forgiving, Desmond Tutu describes the vital steps on the path to forgiveness. 1. Being able to tell your story after you have given yourself some time and feel ready. 2. Describe and name how you have been hurt. 3. Consciously choose to forgive. 4. Release or renew the relationship. Now let's look at each one of these a little more. Step 1. Being able to tell your story after you have given yourself some time and feel ready. Tell your story to a trusted friend family member, or loved one. This allows you to be seen and heard, to articulate your experience in words, and to tell the story from your own perspective. It allows you to process what happened and to feel validated as you are heard and honored in your story. 
In time, a person may benefit from telling the perpetrator of the harm that they had inflicted. However, the victim must be prepared that the perpetrator may be defensive and invalidate the victim. Step 2. Describe and name how you have been hurt. Identifying how you have been hurt moves past the circumstances of what happened and explores the feelings that you felt. We must be given the safety to identify and experience the feelings surrounding these circumstances. And until we receive that loving safety, we will not receive the same healing benefit. Naming our feelings creates vulnerability because the feelings become more real. We may have numbed that feeling or otherwise avoided feeling that emotion and avoided even thinking of the circumstances that happened. We may have been invalidated in the past when we tried to talk about our feelings, and it may be scary to talk about our feelings again. Feeling the feelings is important because it is an internal form of validation. Then when we feel the emotion, we are better able to specify what that emotion is. You've probably heard the popular phrase, name it to tame it. Research has shown that if we can name our feeling in a validating, supportive, and caring environment, our emotions begin to de-escalate and we can then process our emotions. Defining our feelings and feeling cared for is another form of validation and allows us to begin the healing journey. Step 3. Consciously choose to forgive. After you have been seen, heard, supported, and recognized that your feelings are valid, the next step is to look at the perpetrator and try to see their common humanity. They have likely experienced some form of lovelessness in their own life, which impacted them so that they acted in a loveless way to you. Mary Torrens Lathrop, born in 1838 and deceased in 1895, was an American poet, licensed preacher in the Methodist Episcopal Church. And in 1871, she was a temperance reformer and co-founder of Michigan's suffrage organization. She penned the poem, originally titled, Judge Softly, and encouraged us to not judge until we walked a mile in his moccasins. And I found this poem, and I thought that it would be wonderful to share this with you. Judge softly. Pray, don't find fault with the man that limps or stumbles along the road unless you have worn the moccasins he wears or stumble beneath the same load. There may be tears in his souls that hurt. Though hidden away from view, the burden he bears placed on your back may cause you to stumble and fall too. Don't sneer at the man who is down today unless you have felt the same blow that caused his fall or felt the shame that only the fallen know. You may be strong, but still the blows that were his unknown to you in the same way may cause you to stagger and fall too. Don't be too harsh with the man that sins or pelt him with words or stone or disdain unless you are sure you have no sins of your own and it's only wisdom and love that your heart contains. For you know if the tempter's voice should whisper as soft to you as it did to him when he went astray, it might cause you to falter too. 
Just walk a mile in his moccasins before you abuse, criticize, and accuse. If just for one hour you could find a way to see through his eyes instead of your own muse, I believe you'd be surprised to see that you've been blind and narrow-minded, even unkind. There are people on reservations and in the ghettos who have so little hope and too much worry on their minds. Brother, there but for the grace of God go you and I. Just for a moment, slip into his mind and traditions and see the world through his spirit and eyes before you cast a stone or falsely judge his conditions. Remember to walk a mile in his moccasins and remember the lessons of humanity taught to you by your elders. We will be known forever by the tracks we leave in other people's lives, our kindnesses and generosity. Take time to walk a mile in his moccasins. In the Bible, in Matthew 7, verses 1 through 2, it says, Judge not, lest ye be judged. Why do you see the splinter in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? We are all imperfect, and therefore, rather than focus our energy on another, we would do well to focus on how we can improve our own shortcomings. Having compassion for the person and seeing their humanness allows us to have compassion for them, which then allows us to accept what they have done and then to let go of the offense. Forgiving does not mean condoning the actions of another. It does not mean that they won't be held accountable for their actions. Tutu said, forgiving is not forgetting. It's actually remembering. Remembering and not using your right to hit back. It's a second chance for a new beginning. And the remembering part is particularly important, especially if you don't want to repeat what happened. Step four, release or renew the relationship. The offense affects us by occupying our thoughts and draining us of emotional energy. We may think we don't have a relationship with the person who has inflicted harm on us because we don't know them. But the person and what they did can be in the forefront of our mind. The step of renewing or releasing the relationship includes releasing thoughts about the other person. Renewing the relationship does not mean that you are going back to the way the relationship was before the event. You have been influenced by this experience and don't have the same thoughts or awareness that you did before. You are renewing the relationship in a new way. Tutu suggests that you ask yourself, what do you need from the person in order to heal? Do you need them to listen and acknowledge your pain? Do you need to hear them explain why they did it? Do you need them to compensate you in some way for what they did? Now, it's important to note, before you ask, be prepared that they may not be willing to give you what you ask. Nevertheless, Desmond says that asking for what you need is a powerful act. And I believe it's a powerful act because it takes courage to ask for what you need. And if the person is willing and able to meet your needs, it could also help renew the relationship and create a stronger connection. By courageously asking for what you need, you give the other person the opportunity to respond in a way that will mend the relationship versus closing the door based on an assumption that they won't give it to you 
before you even asked. Even if the person has declined in the past to give you what you need, you may be asking it with a different energy now based on your increased awareness. Or you may be asking it in the exact same way you did in the past, but now they have changed and are ready and able to give you what you need. Either way, it is an act of grace to ask and give the other person the opportunity to give you what you need. And if they aren't willing to listen, to acknowledge you and your pain, or take responsibility for their actions and be accountable, and or if you don't feel safe with them, you may choose to release the relationship. You can still choose to forgive them and send them on their way with hopes that they will be blessed to learn. It's important to realize that each of these steps take time. There's no rush. Forgiveness includes being in a safe place to process your feelings and offering grace and compassion for yourself in this very individualized process. In forgiving another, we are offering ourselves the wonderful gift of being free from the burden of continuing to judge them, of trying to exact justice from them, and of holding a grudge and carrying this burden that impacts us in other ways in our life. In essence, when we forgive, we accept what the person did, that we can't control the other person, and that we can only control ourselves. We show ourselves compassion and love by setting ourselves free and liberating ourselves from the role of prosecutor, jury, and judge. We are then free to fill our mind and our heart with love for ourselves, for others, and to focus on thoughts that lift us and begin healing. Tutu said, Forgiveness is nothing less than the way we heal the world. We heal the world by healing each and every one of our hearts. The process is simple, but it is not easy. I have felt this liberating experience of both releasing and renewing the relationship This has been a lifelong practice for me. I have a very tender heart, and I can remember when I was a young girl, somebody would do or say something, and I would feel hurt. I remember needing to talk about my feelings, but not always feeling validated in how I felt. My mother helped me practice forgiving over and over. She had a philosophy that she let things roll off her like water on a duck's back. I remember when she tried to teach that to me, and it was like a foreign concept. Things didn't roll off my back. (laughs) She also told me that she would start each day fresh as a new day. This also seemed quite foreign to me because my mind would often still be ruminating over what had hurt my feelings. But with lots of practice, self-development tools, and divine help, the Lord answered my prayers and enabled me to forgive bit by bit. I'll share more about that in another episode. However, I want you to know that just like Karen Wilson, I know that it's possible to forgive. And if I can do it, you can too. Have you ever had a hard time forgiving? I'd love to hear your comments in your review on Apple. And if you'd like to help spread the love and share these messages with the world, I invite you to follow or subscribe and share these episodes with your loved ones. Here are some of the reviews that we received last week. Michelle said, I loved hearing Ashley Terry's message of hope, turning over her healing to the Lord 
and trusting in the process. Thank you for inspiring me. Another reviewer said, I appreciate your vulnerability. When someone is vulnerable, it makes them more trustworthy. I also love how you applied Ashley's question about what her purpose is to all of us. We all wonder why we are here. Everyone should subscribe and don't miss an episode. Christy said, I have been listening to your podcasts and I love them. Such great inspirational speakers. Trudy said, your podcast is great. Another reviewer said, I listened to you speak about finding your why. So enlightening. It's actually something I kind of struggle with. I'm a mom and a wife and I'm so thankful to be both. But I sometimes wonder, what more am I? I love what you said. Just take a few tiny steps. Thank you for your encouraging words. I'm so happy you are doing this podcast. Another reviewer said, Congratulations on having your podcast. It's fabulous. And another reviewer said, Karen Wilson's story was the best of all the episodes on your podcast. Thanks again for listening. Please keep your reviews coming. I love you all and appreciate you listening. Oh, and before I go, I wanted to give a shout out to my friend, Shannon Temez, the host of the podcast, Learning Life This Way. She is a graduate of Hampton University and formerly worked in the treasury and accounting. She is now a wife, stepmother, and stay-at-home mom of three littles under the age of six. Shannon shares in her podcast life lessons that she's learned along the way as she begins life in her 40s. See the links in the show notes to connect with Shannon. Thank you so much for being here and listening to today's show. I know life is busy. I appreciate you and value the time we spend together. If you enjoyed this message, please subscribe, leave a review, and include any questions you have for our guest. I'll read your review and mention you by name in my Thursday episode. See the show notes to get the link to join our Facebook group, email list, and to listen and watch our episode on YouTube. Wishing you lots of love in your own hero's journey. Thank you.